0: Welcome back for our 13th Career Insight podcast on handling interview stress. We are joined today by our hosts Sarah Burgess and coaches Jill Amos and Catherine Lambert. In today's episode, we will look at the ways you can control your nerves by looking at the things you can and can't control, how to familiarise yourself with these nerves and how to handle your negative thoughts and ultimately how you can have the best possible interview. Excellent. Okay, so Catherine, over to you on what causes nerves.
1: Yes. And again, we touched on this last time and have started to talk about this today, but um, our brains are hardwired to keep us safe, as I've said already. So if we're in a situation where we're unsure, our threat response kicks in. So we perceive it as a threat and we tend to go into a fight, flight or freeze mode. And this actually will have a physiological reaction in our bodies. So we can physically feel perhaps anxious. We might find our heart beats faster. We might feel hot or flush we might feel jittery and so on and um and that was really great when we were cavemen and women and we were facing a saber-toothed tiger perhaps it's not so helpful now but we still go back to that physiological reaction when we have um when we're faced with an unsure or uncertain situation and obviously going into an interview we can't we don't know exactly what will happen in those situations so it's quite typical for us to go into that fight flight or freeze mode um and I think simply telling us what that's telling us really is that it's important and that we want to do well. And so understanding that that's the reason we've gone into that mode can be quite helpful in just allowing us to to calm ourselves down because it's important. And and we probably do want to do well in that interview scenario. And therefore, the physiological response is natural. And there are things we can do to try and help calm ourselves down in those situations.
0: Excellent. Anything to add to that, Jill?
2: Yeah, I, I, just a, just a small point. I think one of the reasons we often feel it in our stomach, don't we? Butterflies. Mm. And what we just, it's, it's just this awareness that's a physical reason for it. We've got neurons in our stomach with many merry neurons in our stomach as there are in the head of a cat. And our stomach then, uh, liaises, if you like, with our brain via the vagus nerve. So that's why we get the butterfly feelings, mm. um, which is perfectly normal. Um, but
1: it, it is about how we, how we deal with it.
0: Really interesting. I'd never heard that before. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, call it
1: the, they call it the second brain, don't they, Jill? Yes. Definitely. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That's where you
1: get a gut feel.
2: Right. So okay. it's, it's always, you have to check it out if you like. Um, yeah. But it is there for a reason.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Um, okay. So uh, back to you again, Jill. So what level of nerves is good?
2: Well, I think first of all to say that it, it's normal. And it is a normal response and it does keep us on our toes and focus. And as Catherine just said, it's because we know it's important that we get this touch of nerves, which is slight anxiety because we want to do well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we used to get before exams, you know, when you're at school, etc. cetera. So it do, does keep us on our toes and focus. And when <clears throat> it's keeping it under control at a controllable level I think it's also really important to know that we're actually in really, really good company when it comes to nerves, feeling nervous. Adele, famously, gets very nervous and does get sort of before she does a big show. One of the reasons, one of the reasons she doesn't like touring as much, but also Darcy Bustle. When I was listening to a program about her, who had been a really help to her, she was talking about a coach who got her through so many first night nerves, and I thought, wow, if Darcy Bustle gets nerves before a first night of a particular run of shows, then I'm allowed to feel nervous too. And that was very, very comforting. Mm. Other famous a- actors are well-known for getting a nervous, and particularly on the first night when they don't know how it's going to go. And of course, with an interview, it's always a first night, if that makes any sense. Whereas at least they get to practice the re- performance time after time after time after time. So one of the things I always think is it's normal, it's, and it's natural. It's there for a reason because we care. And if we didn't have any, that's actually quite worrying because it means we become a bit complacent, treated too much as every day. We're not perhaps giving it the level of attention it deserves.
1: Yeah,
0: that's great. And anything to add, Catherine?
1: Um, other than saying it it will be really personal to each and every person in terms of what Mm. level is a good level of nerves that one that will allow us to be switched on know it's important uh, get a real sense of achievement at the end of it because we you know we have have performed I'm sure well uh, is all a good level of nerves but but it will be different for different people so knowing yourself and what a good level of stress feels like and a little bit of anxiety, maybe the butterflies in the stomach, versus actually I'm finding that mm. it, it's tipped into something more than that. I think is really important but that it will be different for different people. Um and and obviously we're going to talk through some of the tips to alleviate those, but but knowing yourself and what what are those physical or, or emotional symptoms for you will give you an, a, a clue as to whether there's something you need to do about that or not a little bit is fine. If it tips over to, from that, then then think about doing some other strategies to help you.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I, I mentioned yesterday I'd been listening to a podcast about um, athletes in advance of races, and obviously there's going to be kind of nerves there like there is for the performance arts that you mentioned, Jill. But what this chap was saying was that um, he tells the athletes to have a complete ban from social media 24 hours before because actually those external influences whether they're really positive or in some cases really negative they can have a massive impact so i guess that's probably true for interviews as well and that you need to be quite aware of your external influences and who is helping you with your prep because potentially you could have too many people helping you so i think that's probably something to be conscious of as well
2: yeah, and I think it's interesting about the athletes, because I, I often look at it and think there's a certain level that they need, which is good, because mm. that gets the adrenaline going. But there's yeah. a level where it could tip tip over, and that means their, their muscles would tense up, and that's clearly not what they want. Mm. So, <clears throat> and I know they do a lot of work, a lot of work around that.
0: Yeah, but it's that extra pressure, isn't it? You're not only wanting this for yourself, but, you know, however many thousands or millions of people are kind of there behind you I guess it must be very yeah very pressurized
1: and you can read you can read that across can't you because it may not just be for yourself that you're on that interview there could be family members or friends who are really Absolutely. willing, to do it again, and that does all give pressure in a different way to a Olympic athlete but it still is similar isn't it in terms of the pressure that can put on yourself
0: I think so. I guess also if you've had a referral from a friend, you're kind of thinking, I don't want to let my friend down because they've put my name forward. So, yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. Okay. so we're going to now move on to how you can control your nerves. So Catherine's going to start on this. We've got three sections. So the first one here is about mindset.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we did talk about this last uh, last session as well. But I think one of the most important things to think about when it comes to mindset is remembering that this is a two way process when you're getting ready and preparing yourself for an interview. So, yes, of course, you want to perform at your best and show your best self. Um, and sell yourself to whoever the organisation is and the individual interviewing you. But it is also an opportunity for them to tell you more about that role, the business. Is this somewhere where you feel that you could see yourself and your career progressing? And so, therefore, it isn't just a one-way process of you trying to sell yourself. It is absolutely an opportunity for you to get information and make a decision yourself too. And I really notice when I talk to clients and they start to think of it in that way, you almost see them visibly relax because it starts to take some of that pressure off that we were just talking Talking about. So I think thinking about it as a two-way process can be really helpful in terms of your mindset. Um, The other thing, and we talked about this when we we chatted before, is around interviewers aren't trying to trip you up. They actually want to see you at your best because, and they really want you to do well because that makes this whole process easier and then they have a great candidate that they want to offer to and hopefully will take the role. And I think sometimes we can get very caught up in, oh, what if they ask a really difficult question or I'm not going to know how to answer that. Um, but remembering the interviewers do want to see you at your best keep you at ease that that is a great interviewer essentially Uh, but again can help you really sort of keep those calm the nerves when you're going into interview situations Um, the other thing on mindset is that if you do notice yourself going into some of these unhelpful thoughts I'm no good at interviews or they're going to ask me a question that I won't know how to answer or I'm never going to get a job there's all sorts of Thought patterns that we can go into in this time I think it can be really helpful to acknowledge those and sort of get them out your head and onto a piece of paper to firstly sort of take take them out but also to start to challenge your thoughts around them so what's the truth in the statements you're telling yourself and actually are there more helpful ways that you can reframe that and talk to yourself about it that can get you into this more positive mindset for when you go into interview situations
0: that's great. Thank you, Catherine. Anything
2: that you want to add to that, Jill? Well, I often think about going back to these spheres of control when it's about it. It's about <clears throat> the preparation that you do beforehand <clears throat> breaks it all down into, into it's a manageable chunk. So, first of all, what can you control about the interview? Well, let's think about it. It's really only you. You can't control the stuff, what the interviewers will do but you control you your environment and while we're doing virtual interviews your setting um you know who or what comes into the room while you're doing your interview and just thinking about wayward cats etc things like that and thinking about the control you can control the preparation how well prepared you are how much time you give it how you think through perhaps sometimes what's it like to be the interviewer what would you be asking if you're the interviewer And this is very much about the control bit. And then there's the bit about what can I influence? Well, again, we're trying to influence the interviewer. So in thinking about all the things you can do, so your, you know, your tone of voice, your demeanor, your posture. So breaking it down, it's this chunking it right down to think about the more you can bring under control, the more you know that you can influence in a positive way. It really, really, really helps um, in terms of it. And it's a bit like making sure, as well. Just Catherine said about mindset. It's allowing yourself some space before the interview, so you're not rushing to it. So you've actually got a few, even if it's only two minutes or three minutes, so some time to breathe in, breathe out, and just get into interview interview mindset as well.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Um, anything to add to that, Catherine? Or we'll move on to our third area.
1: I think just um, in terms of uh, giving yourself an opportunity to practice out loud as well. I mean, I'm sure everyone has heard of doing that before, whether it's the mirror, uh, but thinking about some typical questions and trying to say them out loud, just so you sort of get familiar with how you might answer some questions can be helpful. And I know you've mentioned in the past in LinkedIn in the jobs section, there is actually an area where you can practice out loud answering questions and it will give you feedback isn't that right sarah
0: absolutely yeah on the um on the job section there's an interview prep section so you can um there's there's 20 common questions the things like um tell me about yourself your strengths your weaknesses all of those questions that people hate um but you can yes you can record yourself or you can type your answers whichever you prefer i definitely recommend the video option because what that does then is it gives you some ai feedback where it tells you how many times you kind of use filler words. So things like um, uh, etc and it also gives you your pace so it will tell you if you're speaking too fast too slow and then beneath that it gives you some kind of sample questions sample answers as well so it's really useful and you can also re- record the videos and send them to someone so if you wanted someone to give you a bit of feedback you can do, you can do that as well so definitely worth having a look at that
2: yeah I think um, it's um, it's really good it's a bit like the facilities we've got on our career portal as well mm. but if people haven't got access to linkedin just using their smartphone yeah i, I think you learn so much from watching stuff i know perhaps we don't like doing it mm. That's what we're and also getting used to the sound of your voice yeah but also i think the other thing is just to bear in mind and this helps with this controlling the nerves how are you sitting or standing for that matter in a a posture that allows you to be open, because it's counterintuitive. When you're feeling a bit wobbly inside, you sort of want to scrunch up a bit. But actually, in order to get control of the nerves, what you need to do is stand as if you are feeling confident. And you will find that that feeling will follow your posture. And there's been lots of research done, and it's not just Jill Amos saying this, there's <laughs> research done to to show this as well. So yeah. It's very counterintuitive, but actually getting yourself in that posture to start off with.
0: Yeah, good. And I always remember you saying about having both your feet planted on the floor as well, Jill. That was something that you mentioned before, wasn't it? I think that's definitely something I forget to do.
2: Yes, absolutely. And that also means one of the things also, it's a small thing, but I know while we we're at home, the tendency has been not to wear shoes. Mm. for anything important a really good idea is to wear shoes because again you feel like you're dressed for the occasion you're ready for it you're prepared Mm. you know you're prepared you're prepared to do a runner if you need to (laughs) yes yeah
0: yeah I was actually reading something about that on Facebook this morning somebody saying that she was gonna wear her heels to work today even though she was just sat at the kitchen table Mm. because it would make her feel more in work mode so yeah I think that's definitely something to think about OK, so on to you, Catherine, for the third uh, section in how we can control our nerves, so breathing.
1: Yes, and this leads very much on from what Jill was saying about um, your posture and and how you get yourself physically ready to go into an interview and during an interview as well. Um, but one of the things that I think can be really helpful around that open body language and posture is that it does allow you to breathe more deeply so um, if we do hunch over we start to constrict our lungs and then we start to shallow breathe Um, and so the the idea here is to be very purposeful in terms of how you're breathing. And by doing that, that will really help you to calm down. So that could be as simple as just breathing in for four and breathing out for eight. And just do that again, as Jill was saying, in those few minutes before you start the interview, that can be really, really powerful. And if you ever actually strap yourself up to a heart monitor and breathe in that way, you can actually see your heart starting to slow and become much more rhythmical. And that takes away all those physical things we were talking about before around that jittery nerves. Uh, maybe the butterflies in the stomach so breathing is hugely important and the more you can do that in advance of starting that along with that posture uh, the more likely you are to go in in a much more calm state and then once you start it tends to to flow from there so it's really important to, to remember to breathe and breathe deeply and purposefully.
0: Excellent. And I wonder if you could get some kind of similar stats if you had a sports watch on a Garmin or something where it records your heart rate. I wonder that would be interesting to have yeah. a look. Yeah, Great. OK, anything else on breathing from you, Jill?
2: Um, no, I think I'd really say the same things because it, it it really will also help you clear your mind. So it'll get, cause you, cause you get that, you know, oh, you know, not quite mm. sure where you are moment. So the breathing really has all sorts of things. And also it helps you get rid of those horrible sweaty palms, which as we're mostly virtual at the moment Mm -hmm. is not such an issue, but it's truly awful when we're back face to face. yeah. And it's happened to all of us and you're there before they come down, sort of wiping them down the back of your your (laughs) boot, you know?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So uh, next question. So uh, I think this one was for you, Jill. So what should you do if your mind goes blank during the interview?
2: Oh, and would that this never ever happened? It would be so helpful. Mm-hmm. It's something that's happened to everybody at some stage. Um and again, it's perfectly normal. It is a physical reaction. Um, it's this goes back to this fight, flight, or freeze. Um, and it can happen also it can happen when you've been concentrating intently and then they ask you a question that's perhaps slightly not what you were expecting. And sometimes that mind goes blank. And what we have to do is stop the next things taking over. So what would then happen is then we would talk to you, oh, my God, I can't think of the answer. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? But actually, again, counterintuitive. What we need to do is get, get our brains back, so to speak. So we're not going to brain fog mode because everything has gone to the extremities so we can do a run or fight off the tiger. So just as the last thing, breathing again. First of all, breathe. And actually I recommend breathing out first a sort of long breath out because that will then regulate the breathing so you can breathe in well. So first of all, breathe. That may or may not work straight away. But if it's really blank, say, my mind's gone a blank. Can we come back to that at the end? I'm sure I'll be able to answer it then. Or well, the other thing is to buy yourself a bit of time and ask them to repeat that question. And especially useful if they've made a mistake as an interviewer by asking, instead of asking you one question at a time, Multiple questions come spilling out of their mouths. Five. So perhaps just clarify which question they'd like you to ask first. There might have been a reason for your mind going at a blank. Mm, but get that breathing back and just get yourself some time. If you leave it till the end, you'll find it comes back to you. And I've seen this happen to candidates when that's happened to them. And I know it's happened to me as well.
0: Yeah. And I think, like you said at the beginning, there's n- there's absolutely no problem in saying, actually, my mind's gone blank. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a really hard thing for people to say. But I think if you it just makes you more human, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Catherine, anything to add to that?
1: Um, j- just really to say, don't be afraid of silence. Um, there are a lot of us who actually need time to stop reflect before they can then voice or answer a question and and so you do need a little bit of thinking time to be able to do that so so if that means a bit of a pause while you just gather your thoughts, do the breathing, all the things that Jill just talked about, don't don't be afraid of having a pause to give yourself mm-hmm. that time, um, because some of us do need do need that thinking space, and and so there is nothing to stop us creating it. It Could be just by having a quick sip of water or something, but but don't don't be afraid of silence in that situation. It's perfectly reasonable to give yourself some time to think. Yeah, yeah that's it, great. I think
2: also important to remember that it may only be five six or seven seconds it probably feels like an eternity but it's not very long at all
0: no we've got a couple of comments up from mark so um he's saying this is great advice i think it would fit with presentations or business meetings that are critical so yeah that's great comment mark thank you um and then he says would you make any adjustments or add anything for other critical events like presentations so, uh, Jill, do you want to...?
2: Um, I'm thinking with that, it's, it's the same techniques, just slightly differently. I think one of the challenges that the, perhaps if we think about face-to-face interviews, you'll be moving to a different stance, probably standing up to make the presentations. Mm. So there's probably some stuff around that. Whereas if we're doing it remotely, we'll be sitting down. The key thing I think about, one of the things people worry about is the questions they may get asked at the end of it. So one of the tips I always give to people is to start to anticipate questions they may ask and think of about three you would like and a few more that you really wouldn't like. Because that what that does, when you start to think of questions you wouldn't like, you'll find you design them out by including the answers in your presentation. So again, it goes back to what can I control and what can I influence? And also, it might be with the questions you don't like, it gives you the chance to think of a really good answer, a way of dealing with it before you get
1: asked it.
0: Absolutely. Catherine, anything to add to that?
1: Um, just that the other thing when it's a presentation is it's likely that you have developed the material and therefore it's even easier to be able to have an opportunity to have a run through and that just might be saying it out loud as you talk to the slides or whatever you have done in terms of that Mm. presentation so it gives you that another element of control is that you can you can almost practice it but don't press it till it sounds like you've done it and know it all off by heart. It still wants to feel natural, but saying it out loud once or twice will probably help. And the other thing with a presentation, I think is just thinking about eye contact. Uh, It depends in the setup. If it's a big audience, then you might want to be scanning at the back just to to be sort of looking at different people. If it's a small round the table discussion that you're presenting, it might be just making sure at times you do make eye contact with people in the room. Um, But again, just thinking about that as part of that posture and um, making sure you are making eye contact obviously if it's virtual that that won't be so relevant uh, but then it's about looking at the camera as much as you can I would say um, because obviously that's if you're looking constantly down at your notes people won't won't be engaging with you as well yeah
2: I think so. the other thing a little tip I would add that's certainly for um, uh, the virtual ones where you it's keeping a time It's having you get an old-fashioned big clock which I have in front of me with really big digits on, so you can time keep really well because that's mm. one thing they do measure you on in these um, presentations. And again, it's what can I control, what can I influence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Mark's also said there, embrace the silence. So yes, thank you, Mark. Um, And then Anita has added a comment to say, really resonate with all of this. Great tips for job seekers and those who have an interview lined up. So thank you for that feedback, Anita. Okay, so we're going to now go on to the next question, which was um, slightly different, but what do you do if the interviewer is nervous? So uh, Catherine, I think that one was you to start with.
1: Yes. And 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 actually, it just shows they're human, doesn't it? If you notice that the interviewer is nervous, then it just shows it. It, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Here, um, and and so I think some of the really simple things that you can do is just make sure you're smiling. We, we talked about smiling actually as as one of the things to think about generally. Actually, as you go into an interview, but particularly in a situation like that, and try and help them to relax um, if they are asking questions that perhaps are a bit uh, a bit Specific or yes and no answers. Just give full answers anyway. Try and be kind to them and give them what you think they they need. Even if perhaps they're not phrasing the questions in a way that that you would uh, find easy to do yourself. So so help them by full answers. Smile. Try and keep them calm as well. Uh, and also maybe about asking if there's anything else that they would like to know. So give them the opportunity to find out more about you as well. Um, I think are all all good things to think about with if they're if they're nervous
2: yeah okay joe anything else i think really because you've done your preparation is using that preparation will actually help them out because when you answer your questions you're probably answering really nicely and fully mm. um and then as you say i think it's catherine said you can just say is there anything else you'd like to ask as a follow-on from that but it's interesting as the interview goes on especially as you're giving good answers they will find their stride um probably fairly quickly and i if thinking about it i can think of times in the past where I can remember having, you know, the butterflies as a, mm. as an interviewer as well, you know, in the early days when you're doing interviews. Well,
0: that's it. I remember kind of in the corporate environment, you would suddenly get chucked in to do an interview because the other person was sick or something. So you've had no prep time yourself. You might not have even seen these people's CVs in some cases. So you're kind of going in a bit blind in some cases. So, yeah, you can definitely, as you say, try to be kind to the interviewer and um, show that you've done your prep, I guess. Yeah. Um, So Anita's come back again to say, what a great question. Not everyone is trained to deliver effective interviews. And that raises a question for the organization. So yeah, absolutely. And we we spoke a bit about this yesterday with um, some examples we've all had where um, maybe the interviews are very, very structured. And that doesn't allow the interviewer to get their personality across either. So there's all sorts of reasons why this could be the case. Okay, so we are uh, kind of at the end of time now. So we will go to our top tip to leave with. So um, Jill, if you could just give us what, what's a good summary for you, for everyone for today.
2: Yeah, I think really allowing yourself time when you've done the prep just before the interview, just to get in that zone. So you're calm, you've done the breathing, feeling calm. You start to get that feeling of, of, feeling of control
1: and that breathing and that focus time.
0: Excellent. Okay, and Catherine?
1: Yes. And then I just think also, uh, as well as what Jill's just said, the bit around mindset and just remembering it is a two way process, I think can be a really helpful way of just getting, helping you to, to alleviate some of those nerves uh, and move into it in a slightly different way, which will, which will really help you as you go through the interview.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for your expertise again today, Jill and Catherine. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you liked the podcast, please follow 1080's LinkedIn page to stay up to date with future episodes. And if you know someone who would benefit, then please share. Stay tuned for next week's episode on the unexpected ways to get a job with Michael Moran and Hannah Nash. Most people will know that a huge percentage of jobs are secured via your network. In this session, we will discuss some of the unusual ways our clients have found jobs.